0: question we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Well, good morning, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit where we come together to encourage you on your spiritual path. Of course, that means we get to encourage ourselves on our spiritual path, too. But um, that's what we do. That's what we do. And we like to believe that we do that for you as much as we do it for ourselves. My name is Tracy, and Leslie will be joining me in just a minute. And this week, our theme is facts versus Feelings. Facts versus feelings. What is it that you value the most? The facts or your feelings? Or when you're in a situation with other people, where do you tend to go first? Do you want to know the facts or do you want to know how they feel about the facts? And um, do you want to know what they're thinking and what they're planning or do you want to know what they're what they're afraid about, what they're excited about. So we'll get to talk about that, and, of course, we'll bring it all into the context of our spiritual development and our spiritual growth in terms of what does saying yes to spirit have to do with receiving or thinking about or responding to the facts, and what does saying yes to spirit have to do with responding to Feelings, your own or the feelings of others. So facts versus feelings. We'll weigh in on that as we go through our time together today. Um, But before we do much of that, we um, always spend time connecting the dots. And so it's really important to us to, well, actually, it's really important to Leslie that we connect the dots with the previous show. So we even have our Connect the Dots theme music, which has a little bit of a cuckoo clock in it. Have we really pointed that out? I just wanted to point that out. Is that a bit of cuckoo clock feeling to Connect the Dots? Uh, that's an interesting question. I know. This is an excellent topic for me because I am am pretty much 100% feeling. I'll have to tell the story of a little test I took once. But, uh, yes, I'm really excited about the same music, yes. So connect the dots between the most recent theme, which was prison, or being imprisoned, and today's theme, which is facts versus feelings. You know, for me, that that is an easy kind of connect the dots because in many ways, what we came away from last week, what I came away feeling, you know, it's all about what's in my head is my prison. I'm either free or not free based on my thoughts. And this kind of very, very easily ties into the idea of if I'm a fact finder or a feeling person, you know, that creates my reality. Yes. There you go. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And it's uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. I'm really actually very much looking forward to this conversation. I have. So we should end this for so you. Want me to end this, don't you, Tracy? So we can talk about yes, the new conversation after the break, right? I'm just so excited. Do you get my excitement? Do you feel my excitement? Okay, Miss Excited. Um, we're gonna take a break now. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And today our theme is facts versus feelings. Or maybe it's just facts and feelings. I don't know that they have to be in opposition to one another. The versus makes them seem like they're battling with each other, but facts or feelings. And is fact is the fact different than the truth with a capital T? That's something to talk about. That's an interesting idea, isn't it? We um we had a class in the jail this week. I teach at the Dallas County Women's Jail, and we did a reading about the danger of being right. Yeah, the idea of once I think I'm right, there's really no ability for me to change, because I'm right, so I'm just going to discover all the facts that affirm that I'm right instead of being open to the possibility that I'm wrong. I was going to say, there are, only, are there only two options there? You either are right or you're wrong? I mean, I think I can be right and 10 other people can be right as well. However, However if you're all right, you think 10 people can have a different interpretation of rights? I think and they that, are all right, I think they can all be right, depending on what the situation is, of course, and if they're making a decision that's right for them, then it's right they don't have to they don't have to think about it or'll do it the exact same way I do no no, 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 but if but if I think I'm right about something that you and I are talking about, yeah, if I've decided I'm right, yes, then all I'm going to do is try to get you to believe I'm right. Maybe. <coughs> Maybe. Yeah, I I mean, okay. So in general, in our culture, I think that's true. And for me, it's personally, it's not always, it's not often that's not true. So I can believe I'm right, and I don't have any energy or investment in whether you agree with me or not or whether or not you have a different perception about whatever is going on. I recognize that my believing I'm right is my filters and my perception and all of that. So it gets to be an issue, yes, if we are trying, if there's something that we need to agree about to move forward. But there's really not a whole lot of things in life like that. So so there's no energy for you. If if I think you're wrong, you don't have any energy to try to convince me that you're right. Probably 80% of the time that's true for me. That's very impressive. But you and I actually have been in situations... And I've just given up. Where... <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say where we. Why do you submit defeat? Where we don't? Well, no, you don't. You mm-hmm. just know that you're right, and you decide not to argue. That's it. I just, I just know in my head I'm and higher. And you say, and in your head, right? Either, either you say I know better, and she'll learn. Yeah, we'll see. Or put people around me. Right? You know they're that. gonna fail, and you know, and I won't say I told you so, but I told them so. Right, but no, you know you, but you and I have been in, in one situation immediately, you know, oh really, what tell me where where we were uh volunteering in the same on the same thing, and I had to make a call, I had to make a decision, yeah, and I was like, but this is what we're doing, yes, and did I did I respond appropriately? You hated my decision, <laughs> and you love well, it, it oh. <laughs> I upped? <laughs> and then you were oh, soft and pouted salt for two hours. <laughs> wow. When was this? But I, it was interesting I because for me. I like that. I soft and pouted. <laughs> but for me, it was interesting because so it's so rare that I will take such a soft, strong mm. stand. Mm. But it was because. I was in a leadership role. Yes. I had to make the call, and I made the call that I thought was best. That was right. <laughs> that was right. Oh, that's cute that you thought, no, that was, I thought was right. I, I didn't look, think it, it was you right. I didn't think it was right. Yeah. I think I'm used to being the alpha dog. And so, um, and so that's really interesting because even that particular night, I remember thinking it's so rare that I just will draw a line and not leave any leeway. And I needed to do that. Do you know I, I really needed? wish I remember that night. <laughs> I know it must have been when we were on a committee together at church, but I don't remember yeah, that specific so. event. Well, we we well, we, <laughs> we can talk about it at some other point. <laughs> but, but but the issue, the question is. So there are two questions. One, you know, at what you where you started with. Once we decide we're right. Once mm-hmm. we whether we think we're right because of what we consider the facts or of what we consider our feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. Once we think we're right and we dig into that, mm-hmm. then it's like the only way we can be right is if anyone who doesn't agree with us is wrong. Is wrong. Right. And that's, to me, that's really dangerous. And, and in fact, you know, my 20-plus year career in leadership development and diversity and inclusion training is really you know, partially because so many people live their lives that way. Yes. If you're not, you know, lined up with me and what I think and the people I like and the way I see the world, then you're wrong. You're wrong. Versus Mm -hmm. there's more than one way to get to the same end result. And it was really fascinating. In this particular class, there was one woman. Everybody is 20 women in a class. Nineteen of the women could easily think of a time that they dug their heels in and that they were right, and they could easily see how that created conflict in the relationship, and, and closed the doors, and was, in the long run of the circumstance, more, more damaging. Mm-hmm. And they could look back and reflect, "Gosh, if I hadn't been so determined to be right, I, it would have been more loving. It would have been more. It would have been an easier situation." But there was one woman who really, literally never could think of a time she was wrong. And she could think of evidence that she had collected to prove that she was right in every instance. And her, she reported that her boyfriend would just say to her, well, you've got all your facts. Because he had learned he was never, because she would literally go off and like research for hours or days to support that she was right. And isn't that interesting? What is that? Why do you know why do what happens when I say, "Oh, I'm wrong and it it really is a cultural thing it's an i mean especially in the american United, culture especially thing? in the United States, you know maybe north America but especially in the United States because i i, I mean I just know like in communities of color that are in the United States. And live under this umbrella of the American way, I know the American culture, and I know I mostly operate in you know in that big umbrella, but I also know that um being raised in in the black community and the cultural norms around group and around family and around um all for one not. You know, that for one, one oh, for all, uh-huh. and that the things you do and the decisions you make and the actions you take have an impact on many other people, some you know and some you don't. You know, growing up in the civil rights movement, you're integrating the schools not just for you, not just for your family, but for black people throughout the whole country, and mm. what you do affects other people and we make decisions together about whether to go do this march or not, or whether. And in Asian families, in general, big picture Asian, there are many Asian cultures, but mm-hmm. in general, in Asian families, the, um, you know, the the community. You don't act as an individual. You get consensus from people. In Hispanic families, you. It's all about the family. And so you so don't it's make It's the white decision. man edition. <laughs> it <has to> be. <laughs> well, am I, I am I kitchen on a theme here? Well, so oh. so the mindset of the nation, the national norm, is the individual. You as an individual, and you must stand up for yourself, and you must be right, and you must think it through, and you must be the best. Mm-hmm. All of that feeds to, well, yeah, I need to be right. But especially in communities of color, it's a real different thing about right or wrong. And, in fact, how you decide whether you're right really has a lot to do with group feedback, group consensus. And so being wrong is not bad. Bad is you go into the knowledge and the wisdom of the group. Now, if you go against that or you haven't thought that out and you make a mistake, you're not – you're corrected. And you're coached, but you're not in general ostracized. Mm. It's like, okay, see, that's what happens when you go out there and you try to do it on your own, baby. Come on, let me show you. (laughs) Let me tell you a better way. Or here's, you know, or let me give you some examples, you know, from your uncle and your cousin and your grandparents and your, so that you can come to your own conclusions. Because clearly, you know, yeah. So it's, it's a real interesting thing about this. I've got to be right, because it is definitely an American culture thing. Now, to your comment about white folks and white people. <laughs> so there's no hope for me. No wonder I pouted. It. It's in my DNA to pout and me. I, I do want to add that the closer that um, folks in people in white communities or predominantly white communities, the closer they are, to, in their family line to immigration. Mm. There's also a, a distinct difference between the norm, the U.S. norm of independence and individual, and you better be right. Because if you're first generation or second generation and your family came from Ireland or anywhere else, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere else, <laughs> except for Ireland, Paris, you know, Ireland, France, Spain. You know, any time an immigrant culture, an immigrant group comes into a new nation, they will stick together and learn from each other and depend upon one another. So, so I'm particularly screwed considering my mother just did all the paperwork and last week reported with great glee that, I, that she is a daughter of the American Revolution. So I'm so woo-hoo. screwed. I'm so screwed, right, because I've been Americanized for generations. So that is but the idea of being right if I'm not right, being wrong is bad. Yeah. That's that's a a cultural norm that I mean that you know, I live in American culture. I've been born and raised in American culture, my family's been here multiple times. So Europeans don't want to be right? You know, I don't know. I don't know that much about culture. I think everybody wants to be right, but the the but there's a difference in in what determines what's right. Mm. Like it's like I I don't know. See now, I'm, my conversations are running together. I don't know if it was on the sh- our last show, or whether it was in some other conversation in the last week. But this whole idea for uh, using the example of respect. So you know, everybody wants to be respectful of others. But culturally, we define what is respectful behavior or not mm-hmm. differently. So so are we more geared culturally or through our spiritual beliefs in terms of Oh, I, I think without a doubt that in our day-to-day life, most people most of the time are, give, are guided by their cultural really? understanding. because they're on automatic, and that's what they're around, and that's what people say, and that's what they read, and that's what TV says. I mean, that's what you see all the time. I think that's one reason I believe that's one reason why we talk so much about you're always a choice, and you're choosing God or you're choosing not God. Because if we don't stop and make a choice, Mm -hmm. we just get wrapped up in, what's around us and what other people are doing because that seems to be right or that makes people comfortable. Talk about facts or feelings. You know, we want to get along in the world and we want to fit in and we, we are pack animals, I mean, in, in the sense of we're social animals. So, I yeah, I think that most of us most of the time operate on automatic and that that's influenced by culture. Until we choose differently. Because I've been so geared for probably 30 years to look at the spiritual side. You know, when I first got in the 12-step programs, that's a spiritual program. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started kind of having that idea of making those choices based on the spiritual belief. Um, so I guess maybe I just... I think that way so much, so that must be how everyone well, thinks. Well, think about it. <laughs> well, and think about A it. Spiritual way, too, that you know, as we make more and more choices. I mean, I was, and you were raised. You know, you were raised in the Methodist Church. I was raised in the Baptist Church, and so part of my cultural experience was to include the spiritual dynamic in my decisions and in my choices and in my guidelines about what's appropriate and what's acceptable or not. Mm-hmm. And and so that's part of the culture you grow up with as well. And then now both of us, you and I both, are part of a spiritual community where we're really active in the spiritual community we're a part of, both locally and internationally. You know, is all about integrating your spiritual beliefs into the way you live every day. Right. And so it is true that that's a part of the culture that I represent day to day. But am I consciously thinking about it from moment to moment? Yes. No. I am. You're not? Clearly I have far too much time on my hands. Can I tell you about the test that I took years ago? Go back to facts and feelings. I think that's really interesting. I really want to talk about that test. Because I think it's really interesting. Well, what am I going to say? No. <laughs> I, no, no, because you'll know I'll sulk and what else did I do? Wow. Sulk and pout. Actually, pouted. you didn't just pout. You <laughs> stomped around. I stomped. Oh gosh, it I was stomped. Amazing. Wow, I stomped and sulked and you pouted. Were really upset. Man, no wonder I'm single. <laughs> to and pout, and and mutter. So, and mutter. <laughs> I mutter. Gosh, I tell you. Okay, so I took this test <laughs> years ago. I'm not sure what the test is, but it's some well-known psychological test. And um, you come out with uh, your feelings. You, you come in grids, and you're either operated by feelings or you're operated by your thoughts or you're operated by social norms, or you're operated by something else. I forget, there's four choices. But in my little four choices, I had like 90% feeling, yep. 5% the other two, and I had 0% in thinking. <laughs> See, it's that spontaneous laughter that we go for with Tracy on the show. That spontaneous laughter she's like, well, that explains it. Now I understand. She doesn't think it's not her fault, poor thing. But isn't that interesting? Like 90% feeling. Yes, no surprise. Maybe to you. <laughs> it was a surprise to <laughs> I you. i surprised that I stomped and pouted and muttered. and. What yeah, no mid- surprise to me. Um, so one that operates off of feelings would be what? What do you mean? a person that operates now I'm dissociating from my operating standard, you know, someone that operates mostly out of feelings versus (laughs) in contrast to someone that looks for facts how would I live my life? What would that say about how I'm likely to live my life? I don't know that I want you to answer that question. No, go ahead. (laughs) Well, I I have a different, slightly different frame for that and, and that is As you would expect me to say because I do diversity work, neither one of them is ineffective or wrong. So if we just look at facts and feelings and say, you know, are you someone who's primarily driven by facts or primarily driven by feelings, neither one of them is right or wrong because they can both get you to a positive outcome. But they would look differently, I would imagine. But they would look different in behavior, and if someone who primarily deals with or is guided by facts has to work with someone or live with someone who's primarily directed and guided by their feelings, then it would create conflict if they didn't really recognize that that's what was going on and learn how to navigate it. So um, the, you know, the... I'm still not answering your question, but that's because I can't until I say this other stuff, too. <laughs> so, um. Just take your time. You know, recently. Um, recently, I did an assessment, you know, a, a, with a, a group of people. Yes, you did a training. In leadership, um, in leadership in our spiritual communities, um, in this region. And, um, and it too has the. You know, four quadrants, like so many of them do. And one of the, and two of the quadrants, one of them really is a quadrant that primarily relies on facts. And one is a quadrant that primarily re- relies on feelings and relationships and, and even the feelings, not their own personal feelings, but the feelings yeah. of the group yeah. and how they really care about how people feel about things. And, yeah. right. and where yeah. did you land, Trace? Um, my primary wasn't in either one of those groups. Oh, where were you? Some but alien I can't make, group, who was, I can't the make the other choice? point I want to make? It. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so eventually, did we get to hear where you yeah, were? Sure, oh, I okay. Here. Hmm. So, um, and so it's interesting that in the model, those two quadrants are corner You know, they're the, they're opposite okay. of each other, and and it was really fascinating. To see people who had really high scores in one, right, and people who had really high scores in the other, and almost always, then when we would rotate through, and you'd get to your lowest score, probably ninety-five percent of the people, their lowest scores were in their opposite sure. quadrant. And you know, about ten percent there, it, that wasn't true. In fact, there was there were a few people who. You know make I'm thinking of two people in particular, their highest score by far was in fact, but their second score was in feelings because they're really um they really relate to how it affects the the group or sure. the relationship, not so much emotional feelings of their own, but they get lots and lots of data, and in that sense, they consider the the impact their their recommendations have on people as part of more data how it impacts people is in their mind data to them correct so they're not really pure authentic feeling and it's using so the feeling to gather data yeah, yes it's you know that the people's other people's feelings is part of the data right and um, and so it would become higher and they didn't have as much problem with people having feelings. In that way, but the majority of people whose highest numbers were in I want to collect data. Just give me the facts. Let me go research it. I want to analyze what's going on. You know, they would go to any of the other two quadrants and then end up in feelings like you know, trick laughs. So is that the point now that we get to hear what yours was? Um, So the other two, well, in order for that to make sense, the other two quadrants, one is really kind of big picture um, intuition. So if you have facts, feelings, you have intuition and action. Action is the fourth one. And, yeah, I mean, that's one way to kind of look at it. And so I'm, like, way out in the quadrant of intuition, conceptual, you know, looking at the big picture, thinking about what's coming up in the future, stepping into the unknown—I'm like way, 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 way out there on on that one. Um, and um, the and then um, my second most second highest quadrant was the, the was the feelings and relationships quadrant. And for me, even within that quadrant, yes, it was more about relationships and impact on people, and then um and then moving into the action you know taking action, setting timelines, moving into getting things done, and then last, just straight analysis, which was really good um I mean number one, there was no- there were no surprises except. Uh, probably that quadrant on relationships and feelings was probably a little bit higher than I would have guessed. Um, I would have guessed that uh, my quadrant, that field, quadrant and the doing quadrant would have been a little bit closer. That they would have been, you know, closer together, and could either one could have been, but there was enough of a gap. I probably was a little surprised by that, um, and. I was coming out of, well, not when I took the test, because my ticket it was a while ago, but um, it was interesting because when I was looking at the results, I had just come out of 10 days of researching and analyzing to buy a new car after a car accident, and so it was really fascinating because, of course, I had been living for 10 consecutive days, long, long hours in my least. Dominant quadrant, which was the quadrant on getting the facts, doing the research, analyzing blah 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 blah, and I was living there like ninety percent right. of my waking time, and how did that feel and I would see of course, you would ask that how did that feel? no, I'm, I'm curious. Oh, you're asking it from a different perspective. No, it felt like crap. I mean, I knew what I was doing, and I Mm -hmm. knew it was not my dominant Mm -hmm. way of being, Mm -hmm. and I knew I needed to use the skills related to that, Mm -hmm. which I did. And the whole time I was doing it, I knew I was choosing to use those skills and to use resources of the people I know who that's their dominant quality or or quadrant. And still... I was exhausted. I mean, literally exhausted. When I finished that workshop that day, I went home for two days, and I slept 22 hours in two days. So, you know, I slept 10 hours. I'd get up, I'd sleep, take a nap. I'd get up, I'd take a nap, and i slept, sleep, you know. And that's an interesting thing. So when we're operating out of what we are familiar with, what we're comfortable with, it, it actually drains us physically. In terms of um, having to, 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 you know, like you said, access other parts of our brain or our, yeah, that if we don't, we don't if automatically we don't, go to, if we don't accommodate that, and and so I think, you know, like today's show is about facts or feelings or facts versus feelings, and when we require or demand that people operate, you know, we're... We have people in our family and maybe, you know, so so Leslie, you're really driven by your feelings or, or, or the feelings related to an environment or a situation, but, you know, you're working with or you are living with someone who's driven by facts and data, it's like it's going to be constant conflict and you're both going to be exhausted or angry all the time unless we're aware of it, unless you're educated about aware of it, educated about it, and know how to use and balance that so there was a couple in those in the workshop that I referred to uh, who have been married over forty years right and they volunteered at one point you know to use themselves as an example, and they were a perfect example because one of them was. Super, super high on the right hand side of the model, which is intuition and feelings. And the other one was super, super high on the left side of the model, which was facts and action. Right. And obviously, they've been married over 40 years, they're happily married, and they work, they balance each other out. So, they've learned that, oh, you know, this is kind of where this person is going to go, and they have used that. Well, as it happens in this case, the gender would fit what you might consider a stereotype, that the woman is on the side with the, you know, the feelings, the intuition, and that the man in this particular couple is very much into the data analysis. But he's an attorney. So, number one, it fits his 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 profession. profession. He chose his profession. Figured out a way to work together. You know, and she's always been very much in the helping profession. And so it it has worked in their personal lives, but also then when they have to make a big decision, you know, he really trusts her to scout out, like, you know, where they're going to go or where they're going to live or you know, a good location for the business, for the the law firm. She does that? The feeling girl does that? For Yeah, in terms of the impact and how it's going to be, how it's going to feel, how it's going to fit, does it fit the goals, all of that. And then she trusts him to do the deal-making, the negotiating, you know, so she can be like, you know, I think it should be one of these five things, places, or one of these, you know, three options. And then he can put the data to it, and she can be happy with any of those three or any of those five, but he'll put the data to it and come back and say, well, here's the best deal and here's why. And so they it balances. Right. Does and that's still yeah. I would imagine 40 years they'd have to have figured out a way or they'd be very unhappy.
1: Yeah. We you know people who've been yeah. married
0: 40 years and are very unhappy, but that true would not bad. be the case. Now, here's an idea. I think, ultimately, even people operating in facts are actually operating out of their feelings. Well, say more about that. I think the feeling is really the core of the human experience. And That's we, because you're driven by your feelings. I know, but I think I'm right. And uh, <laughs> Because someone who's driven concept. by facts would say, even people mm-hmm. who think they're driven by their feelings mm-hmm really their feelings are just more facts and data that they consider and they're really being driven by facts. No see I think I know. I think I I think I, I think if you think about a feeling it's the deepest it's the deepest part of the river. In your opinion. In my yeah. opinion. And I think I'm right. So I mean it's a it's constant, really important <laughs> thing right isn't all, it? all the time. Of course it's wow. black and white, right and wrong. Good and bad. Um So so the feeling, the feeling, we then create facts. I just had a conversation with someone earlier this morning where she was coming to understand the idea that once we create a belief, which would be based on a feeling, then we gather facts to support that feeling. Then everything comes to us. that filter of the feeling. And if I feel like, this young woman's example this morning that I was talking to, people aren't trustworthy, nobody really cares about me, my life experience is that I have to be a giver and that I don't get to be a receiver, so she's got tons of friends that don't know her, that don't really understand her life, and she's sort of in this sort of dual experience because she feels that people aren't trustworthy. So she's really created a whole life based on those feelings. All of the facts that she now believes are facts about how the world works for her Mm -hmm. were filtered through her feelings. And because of what we know about the law of attraction from a spiritual perspective, we have experiences when we're growing up that create, that result in us having feelings about certain things. And it's the feeling that then we attract more of whatever gives us more of that feeling. Of that feeling. Which is a come from, I mean, it's, it's, whether it's. Facts or feelings, we're looking for the confirmation, and the universe is supplying more that confirms right, more or facts. affirms what we already feel. feel or what we already know. And so, it's well, both feeling would be the thing. Right. I think that's in line with the new thought idea. Well, it's our belief and our feeling. Well, <laughs> well, well, well. So, I will say that I don't agree with you. Ah. Oh. But I understand now, what, I have to what, pound myself and mutter, yeah, <laughs> but i I understand mm-hmm. and follow that flow, um, but I don't agree with you hundred percent on on that, because I think what happens is we are it's the law of attraction that we're going to attract more that creates more of the feeling that we put to whatever we're doing. Um, but I think the initial foundation of that is um for most people the the data that we have or the experiences we have in life, then we create the story that is the belief and that um that that what? And I'm just waiting for you to breathe. I I, I can say it's like oh Because 'cause you're not listening, you're waiting for me to go Go ahead. No, no hurry ahead. up. No, no There's a foundation. You just said the foundation. It's still a feeling. The foundation is a feeling, and the facts. There are no. There are no facts. Facts are all objective. So it's the. I mean, right is going to be trying to convince me to say I agree with yes, you? Yes, What I thought. No. So no. All, no. But no. It, it's. It, it, there are no. What's the word? Subjective is subjective. That means it's all personal. Or objective. Objective means it's personal. No, objective means it's 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 not personal. Right. So the facts are going to be subjective. Okay. So to talk about affirm the, my feelings. So talk about. Because there's no facts. that are facts. So talk about. Let's say talk about facts and what facts are and what's the and it goes back to what you said earlier or the question you asked earlier. Is there a difference between Fact and truth. Yes. Resounding yes. Big T truth. It's a big difference between facts and big T truth. What's the difference? The big T T truth is spirit, divine, God. Big T truth. And what's that? Facts are human things that we make up to support that we're right or wrong, and our feelings are good or bad. So this is a this is not a complete shift, but it's a it's a left term. So when we talk about our um You're okay. thinking. Well, I'm just Yeah, I got not, you thinking no, to that's think coming a to word. my thought of a lot. So, so we um, talk about the facts of what happened in our life. And then from a spiritual perspective, we teach non-resistance. Like, do not be in resistance to what is. Mm-hmm. The um, If you look at your bank account, and there's $150 in your bank account, but in the next two weeks, you know you have... $1,000 worth of bills that are due. Mm-hmm. We would say, on the human perspective, that the fact is I have $150 in the bank account and I have $1,000 of bills that are due by the end of the month. And right. We, and we say don't, non you know, non-resistant. So it is what it is. So where does non resistance come in if you are dealing with your feelings about the fact that there was a hundred dollars hundred and fifty dollars in the bank and you're you know, eight hundred and fifty dollars short of what you need. Or the so what you are. Doesn't new thought tell us that my feeling then energizes what happens with the rest of the month? Either my feeling of, Oh my good heavens, I'll never have another seven hundred and fifty dollars for a minus Eight hundred. Oh, eight hundred. Please, thank you. So, because uh, I don't think you see, I don't mess with simple things like addition. So you have to, you know, go with the feeling of is my feeling of oh catastrophe. This will never work out. Nothing's ever going to happen right for me. Or you know, there's a divine design for good in my life, and I have no idea what's going to happen, but it's going to be good. And it might be that I have to sell something. It might be that I have to file bankruptcy. It might be that my sister rushes into rush. And to help me, am I just using examples that apply to me? But you know, something fabulous will happen. I feel this will all work out, and 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 the fact will then shift to comply with my feeling. Now you have to admit that's a new thought thought. That's not a Leslie thought. That's a new thought thought, which just happens to coincide with a Leslie thought, which means Leslie's right. If we want to assume that new thought is right. Oh my goodness! But I mean, think about it. No, think about it. Think about it. think no, about it. Think about it. It's the good. feeling; it's the belief that I will get that eight hundred and fifty dollars. It was eight hundred and fifty dollars, right? Eight hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, But you're collapsing several things. But I think I, so that you can be right. <laughs> but it's true. It's the feeling that no, creates listen, the reality. Listen to you. It's true. So belief is not hmm. a feeling. Belief is a mental activity. Belief is based on my feelings. Well, my feelings create my beliefs. Did my voice get shrill? Yes, is, it did. Yes, this is such a, a great. Feelings such create, create my beliefs. beliefs. This is such a great That's example. Why we use affirmations to change our feelings, to so therefore no, we change, change our affirmations beliefs. To change our thought and our mental practice. Which then changes feelings so, and so. again, you're collapsing three steps into one because, which makes sense. It's economical. You no, know, which makes Oh gosh, <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> which so that you could be right. Um, which makes sense because for you, you are, oh. you are clearly grounded in the feelings quadrant mm. and the emotion and the empathic quadrant. And so, and what would spirit. and what would be really interesting and what is really interesting, and one reason I can hang with you is because i like I totally get that quadrant, but i would I almost wish that I was totally or primarily grounded in the opposite quadrant, so that I could really when um, need that fat woman here from the jail, well, she would be that. really on you because I understand the other quadrant as well I just don't have enough energetic around it to um engage from there but for that quadrant to be to be in line with what I'm saying that fat quadrant would have to represent truth with a capital T because I think my quadrant is is um in, is a way to to experience that that truth with a capital T the the feeling of the belief leading to the belief of that we create what we are what we see what we feel is who we are what we attract in and if i'm living in a, in a state of truth capital T in a divine flow designed for good then those feelings So there's a flaw in that, and and here's why. So there's that word feelings. (laughs) One of the things that came up in the discussion in this particular workshop was was from a person who is very heavily grounded in that in the facts Mm. and is a scientist by by profession, Mm -hmm. which again is a great example of people. Sometimes people are drawn into a profession because it really mirrors their natural or their preferred or dominant thinking style or communication style or leadership style. And we had a really, ended up having, a few of us ended up having a really, really powerful conversation about, um, for our spiritual path and science of mind, one of the things that's so fabulous about it is it is about both love and law. It is about both facts and feelings. It is about both the science, the the analysis, the universal principles, the laws, as it is about the love and the feeling and the the emotional piece behind the action. And that it is that balance that allows So many more people to operate completely in it because if someone is coming from and is dominantly guided from facts, they have the data they need and the proof of that that then allows them to open up to see how feelings support that. You're coming from the The other quadrant. Science supports the feelings, and that you're coming from the other. Place that is all about feelings, and then yeah, the facts just support that now the science is starting to prove that, and it. that the um the folks who are in the other quadrant come to the exact same place, but from the exact opposite, and they're and unfortunately, because you're so tied up into this, but I'm right, and I need to show you I'm right, which is interesting because it usually the facts people that get locked into that. It's hardly ever the emotional or the feeling people who get locked into that. Um, so that's really, and that's one of the things that's fascinating of me about this conversation. But um, see, my feelings are saying that they will ultimately agree with the feeling people and the science will support the feelings. No, the science people are saying the feeling people are <laughs> <will> come there. <laughs> And so it's and I you know I think it i it's also interesting for me because I'm not in either one of those quadrants as my dominant so and I have skills in both of those quadrants for so me, being the conceptual <laughs> intuitive, I just got it right I, I i just know it's right <laughs> and, it's like it it doesn't face. matter whether you He's go face. there from facts or feeling um it's It's really fascinating, so we only have about five minutes left. Actually, a little bit more. We have about eight or nine minutes. So, that was the fastest hour of my life. Sounds like a time warp. Um, Let's talk a little bit about. Well, I was thinking secular facts versus spiritual facts. But. Well, that's the famous question. If I'm saying yes to spirit, does it really matter? Where I'm operating out of? Would there be only one way to say yes to spirit? No. There's a good question. There's an infinite number of ways because there is no limit in spirit. Spirit is infinite intelligence operating in, as, and through each one of us. And so there's not only one way. Right. And if I'm truly saying yes to spirit, I'm saying yes to that divine love. And divine law, sorry. Oh, I don't I think the law is just always working. Saying yes to spirit isn't about saying yes to the law. Love is always working. Right. They're both always working. You have to say if you say yes to spirit, you can't say yes to spirit and say yes to love or law, you have to say yes to them both. You know, when I say yes to spirit, I'm thinking love. That's right, you are, because you are at, <laughs> at office charts. I, in, I think that yeah. law thing just takes care of itself, and the law will all work out and as long, long as I'm and saying yes to The quadrant would say, I don't have to say yes to law because to love. I don't have to say yeah, yes to love. I just need to follow the principles, and the love will happen. Yeah. You have to say yes oh, to both. whole. Oh, both hands, both hands. Well, you have to hand. say yes to the whole. If you say yes to spirit, you're saying yes to the whole. Mm. The spirit to the love. Because to be spirit the whole. is not separable. Spirit is not separate You can't separate out spirit. So see, spirit would be, to me, all of it. Exactly. Yes. And so when you say yes to spirit, you say yes to all of it. You're not saying yes to love. You're not saying yes to law. You're saying yes to the whole, and how that expresses in as and through you. So, if you say yes to spirit, it's it's all happening. It's all. Both and. Well, everything. Both and, and well, okay. Both and if you're saying love and law, if you're right. saying love and law yeah so everything would be contained in that you know in in uh the in one of the classes that I've been doing lately we were having this conversation about the trinity mm-hmm. and you know in traditional christianity the trinity is often referred to as father son holy spirit um and how in many ways love would be um you know, one part of that, law would be one part of that, and humanity would be the third part of, of a trinity, that being human, operating with love and law, that the three oh, cool. would be the equivalent of, the, of, of like mm-hmm. a, a trinity-like approach to being, um, living in oneness with spirit that you would have to have. Have all of that. You have to have the human part. You sure about that, Tracy? You know that for sure. That's a fact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You would be the human part would be Son. The, sun, the Son, the yeah. S-O-N, Son. Yeah, the expression of of divinity in human form. So if I'm saying yes to Spirit and I'm in my feelings. And I'm saying yes to spirit and I'm in my facts, ultimately I'm gonna be getting the same thing out. Well, ultimately the idea? ultimately you're gonna live your best life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, live your best life. That's my, my Oprah guru. That's her little tagline now. Live your best life. Sounds like a lot of pressure, doesn't it? But yeah, I like that. Live your best you're hilarious life. today. Why would that feel like there's pressure?
1: To live your best like, life? Oh, it feels hard. like a
0: great opportunity oh. and exciting. Hard. Best life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> you know, one of my coaching programs is your next best life. <sighs> and then once you get there, you start planning for your next best, best life. Best life. And your, not your next two best life, but your my next best, best life. life. And then once you achieve that, it's like, okay, what's my next? best life and okay now I've done those things now what's my next best, best life your best life is always expanding and growing you know there's a 12-step saying that says do the next right thing mm-hmm. when you're in doubt do the next right thing which I guess would lead to the next best life good yeah <laughs> very good very good, see now, so you were mostly intuitive, huh in uh, big picture visionary kind of thing, well, and conceptual and conceptualizing and taking all kinds of things that don't seem to be connected and seeing the connection and being able to synthesize that into something that is that no one else has seen before or no one else thought of, so your facts you know it's not so much yes. Yeah. And what do those action people do? Do we know any action people? That's what I need. I need an action person. Yeah. They're the ones who set the timelines and the oh, timetable. Where are they? Action list I need a person that's a, an action person. To do your action yeah, for you. I like that very much so that I can continue feeling. <laughs> that action thing seems so hard. <laughs> I think I just like the feeling part. That's very healing. What What is that, that saying that Therapist. Don't don't die. What is it? Is it a bad thing bad therapist? <laughs> uh, what teach uh. those who can't teach? <laughs> is that the idea of what you're trying to say? Those who can't teach. Oh no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I think it's what makes you really uh, so good at what you do. So unique. Now, I have a. a this is a feeling. This is a a specific feeling that leads into a whole big conversation, but the idea of the feeling of guilt or feeling um, guilty or responsible for something bad that we've done and how that can pull us out of saying yes to spirits. That's such a perfect lead-in for next week's show because next week we're going to be talking about living small. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and so I think, what is it yes. that makes us pull in? What right. is it that makes us what what is it that we ourselves put limits around what we do or how we could be in the world. So it's a, that's a perfect connection it could make so remember that for connect the dots. Connect the dots. I was just gonna say, I'll have to write that down. But it is an interesting thing. I think our feelings, unlike facts, I think our feelings can Bring us up and out into the world, or really just pull us in, to be, I don't, you know, withdrawn from the world. And a fact to me seems very flat. It, it just is what it is, so to speak, but it doesn't have any energy behind it. That's because you don't like facts. Gosh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go home and write facts like on the wall or something so I can embrace the facts of life. <gasps> the name of the TV show. Oh. Okay, so we're out of time for this week's show we're talking about facts and feelings on Say Yes to Spirit, we hope that you will join us next much time. I did, when we are talking about living small. But until then we encourage you to say, say yes the spirit